Well, good evening, Mosaic. Hey, I am super, super excited to be worshiping with y'all tonight. Would you stand with us and let's sing to our Lord tonight? Um, when, 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 I, when God walked among us on the earth, he taught us how to pray. And so this first song, um, it's really fun and it's, a, it, it, it's really loud. And so we're gonna, we're gonna kind of have some fun in here, but really the heart of this, let's just pray to the Lord and may his kingdom come to earth. So would you sing this with us? Sing, Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us this day. Give us this day. Can have a seat, and would you welcome up 
Mr. Colin Jackson to the stage. Hey, thanks, team. Oh, I'm getting applause. No way. Hey, I'm actually going to make you stand right up. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and say hi to the people around you. Next to you, shake a hand. Give a hug. Say, good to see you. Take a moment and greet the saints in this room. Beautiful. Hey, we're so glad y'all are here tonight. This is our, uh, we call it a celebration. Uh, this is where we like to come in this room and celebrate what Jesus is doing. And he's doing some good things, isn't he? And he's been doing some good things. Some War Eagle counselors, War Eagles in the house. He's been doing some good, you got a baseline. I got applause. This, you got a baseline. This is a good night. Hey, a few things that are happening in the life of this body that we just want to put in front of you. Uh, one is um, tonight we're, we're in a spiritual rhythm series. How's it been? Good rhythms? You loving it? I mean, goodness gracious. Tonight we're, we're talking about the word. Uh, Mickey Rapier, one of our elders, as well as uh, a guy who just every time gets to come in here and teach and lead us. He's an expert in it. And so he's going to be leading us in word tonight. But if you um, have been feeling dry in your walk lately with the Lord, or, or maybe the scriptures, it's just like this thing that kind of sits on the shelf, and you know it's important as a follower of Jesus, but you kind of, eh. Or, or maybe your community group has been like this summer, we're just like, yeah, we're playing bocce ball and like trying to keep the kids rallied around in the backyard, but we, we haven't necessarily had nutrients as a spiritual family Wherever you find yourself, there's a class we actually do. It'll be during first hour called Personal Bible Study and cannot recommend it enough. It's one that I remember years and years and years ago. I actually hadn't taken the class yet, but I got to teach it. And as I was teaching the class, I was like, man, I wish I would have known this before I taught this stuff. It's gold content. So if it's your community group or just you as an individual, you want to join us, go ahead and sign up online. It'll be during first hour um, throughout, uh, I think, with the dates we start July. Oh, next week. Uh, we'll be starting and going, and it's an incredible resource and opportunity to grow. So uh, a couple other things, not just for our own walk with God, but with one another. Uh, next slide. Uh, we have a really beautiful opportunity. You'll be seeing some big old bins out in the foyer uh, starting next week, where we want to be a church that serves our city well. And so Samaritan Community Center, uh, they're actually building a campus right down the road from us. Um, they have been asking for, for two things that, that we need to be able to come alongside some of the families and, and kiddos in our cities, which is wide-ruled loose paper. So not just no loose paper, like wide-ruled. Take note when you go to Walmart later and buy that. Uh, as well as uh, folders, plastic folders that we can give to donate to these kiddos and families in our city who are in need. Uh, another cool thing, fellowship. We, we have, I, I'm a benefit of this. Nick Rowland's a benefit of this. Kristen and Daniel, Luke. Like we have grown up in the student ministries around here. And the retreats and the events and the camps are so, so vital for our formation. And so one of the things we want to be able to do as a body is to help provide for any of those kids or families that they want their kiddo to go, but, but they just can't quite make ends meet right now. We actually have a fund that we as a family, we, we, as a spiritual family, we want to provide for any kiddos who needs a scholarship so that they can go on that experience and so that they can grow in community and in their walk with God. So if you feel led, 
and, and desire to partner with a family that, that may just not be able to make ends meet and cover a kiddo, please feel free to give. It's right on our website. You can find it on there. And lastly, this one's cool. In our student ministry, um, it's actually going to happen second hour. All of our high school kids are a part of our worship service. And so ninth through 12th grade, they'll be here, and one of their own, Mitch Stone, is getting baptized. And uh, we're so excited to celebrate. But even for you to know, hopefully uh, you won't be here second hour, but when you see the Stone family, just to give Mitch a hug and say, we're so glad that you are proclaiming Jesus is Lord alongside us here at Mosaic. Well, hey, let's take a moment now, and we're going to continue to worship our good God. And if you would, would you just take a moment and posture your hands ready to receive and to close your eyes. And Father, you have really beautiful and good things for us in this time. And uh, we want to come tonight ready to receive whatever you need to say to us in and through your word. Lord, thanks for the chance to gather once again with our family and to proclaim that you are good. We love you, and in this time, would you be glorified? It's in your name that we pray and sing. Amen. Family, would you stand and worship our King and friend Jesus with us? Savior of my ruined life. 
As Windsor leads us in our offering prayer. I'm Windsor Dutton. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I have a lot of struggles. I have three great kids. And I'm going to turn around like you guys because I cannot read that back there. <laughs> so let's pray. Oh, Father, giver of all, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask you to accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May they bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. As you multiply the offering of fish and loaves, multiply these to accomplish more than we could ask or imagine. We give freely and not under compulsion, for all we have is yours, Lord. Nothing we can give could match your great gifts to us, your Son and your Spirit. Amen. As we sing this next song, guys, and we pass the offering plate around, uh, my prayer is that um, our hearts and our minds would just be open for whatever the Lord is going to speak to us tonight. His word pierces our heart like a double-edged sword, and if we let it, will illuminate where it is that we need him to be larger in our lives. So let's sing this together. There's no darkness in your eyes. There's no question in your mind. God Almighty. God of mercy. There's no hiding from your face. There's no striving in your grace. God of mercy. God Almighty. Let there be light. Open of the blind purify our hearts in your fire breathe in us we pray 
God that we worship if you believe this sing this with me there's no borders in your life no division in your heart God of Good news. Let's sing this out. There's no taking back the cross. No regret in what it costs. God of freedom. God of heaven. Let there pierces our heart, and that's good news, that's also convicting, but we proclaim this truth, that wherever you are, there is freedom, there is light. Let's sing this. Good news embracing the poor, comfort for all those who mourn, for the brokenhearted, we sing louder, release from prison oppression turning to pain for the broken captive. Here we go. We sing louder, restoring sight to the blind, breaking the curse of
$220,000 to people hurting in Turkey, in Mississippi, in Little Rock, in Wynn. Uh, in Springdale, we've still been helping people down there uh, from the tornado that went through over a year ago. And it's all because of your generosity that we're able to do that. We partner with people in the region that we have relationships with, uh, or we develop new relationships, and uh, we try to help out folks. You'll see a picture of two families there behind me that we were able to locate in Wynn because one of our staff members is originally from Wynn and they have family down there. And so we connected with Pastor Matt Hodges. He's the guy with uh, the beard there that you saw in the video a minute ago. But uh, and you see the fellow there on the far left, uh, he was, his back was broken while he was covering his three children during the tornado. And the tornado lifted him up and, uh, he, you know, devastating injury, but he's doing better. Uh, but I was able to talk to both those families. We found out that they had no place to live, that they were living with other family. Their, their houses were totally wiped out. They had no insurance. And uh, we were able to help them significantly. And let me tell you, I asked them, I said, if we were able to help you financially, uh, what would you do right now with the money? And they told me, both of them, they would get housing for their families. And they wept when they found out how much we were going to do for them and help them. And so just thank you. Thank you. All of our congregations working together uh, can do marvelous work. It's, it's neat to be a part of such a generous body. Uh, this is a great weekend for me to be up uh, here at Mosaic because my wife is at her high school reunion. And so I didn't have to go. Uh, that is just fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, you know, but the word of God <laughs> tonight, when I found out I was teaching about the word of God in this rhythm series, I was so excited because it's my goal tonight that, and tomorrow morning, I'll be teaching this tomorrow morning as well for anyone listening that I can help reignite a passion for the word of God in your heart. That not only will you just pick it up and read it, but you'll bury it in your heart. Because when those tough times come and you have the word of God memorized, it comes bubbling to the surface. To speak to you in ways that you had forgotten it was even there. So let's talk about the word of God. But let's begin with Psalm 19. Chris, you're going to have to give me some light so I can see my Bible up here. <laughs> the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. And night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. 
Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. Like a champion rejoicing to run its course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes a circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey. Sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. And keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant from willful sins. May they not rule over me. And then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. O Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for what you have given us in your word, this vast treasure. Oh, Lord, may tonight, as we study about your word from Psalm 119 and other passages, may you reveal new things to us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As I read Psalm 19, I think about King David. Think about maybe he wrote that psalm while he was in the shepherd's fields, the fields of his great-grandfather, Boaz, and his great-grandmother, Ruth, in the fields where angels would come and proclaim that Christ had been born. As he was in those fields and looking up at the sky, the heavens declare the glory of God. King David gave those words to us and then he declares the law of the Lord is how we should respond and how we should live. C.S. Lewis said about this psalm, I take this to be the greatest poem in the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. You see, in this passage, David not only recognizes the revelation of God in creation, but the greatness of God in his word. There's nothing like it. And we are blessed to live in an age when we have the completed, inspired, authoritative, and sufficient word of God. We can pick it up and read it. We can go on our phones and read it. It is with us all the time. 
word of God. But we want it to be in our hearts. Someone has given it an acrostic. Basic instructions before leaving earth. That's a good little statement. Because God is telling us how to live. The Bible we have access today is the narrative of the triune God pursuing the salvation of mankind. I love Nehemiah 8 where Ezra was reading the law of the Lord. If you haven't read that, go and read it. And as he began to read, the people stood and the people just began to weep. As he read those words to them. Why? Because the word of God shines a light on our sin. It reminds us of how we're supposed to be living when we've forgotten. That's the word of God. The Bible doesn't consist of random words concocted by a bunch of authors spanning the centuries. If you study the scriptures carefully, you'll find unity and alignment of thought, agreement all the way through. Prophecies written in the Old Testament are fulfilled in the New Testament. Hundreds of years after they were written. Paul told Timothy that that all scripture is God breathed. And is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. The writer of Hebrews says. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two edged sword. Peter tells us. Above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but through prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? As they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is written in three languages. Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. It was written over a span of 1500 years. On three continents. Asia, Africa, and Europe. It's a library of 66 books that reveal divine unity. Charles Hedden Spurgeon once said. A Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. A lot of truth in that statement. I have a lot of favorite scriptures that are buried in my heart that I love to go back to over and over and over again. Many years ago, when I was going through a bout of depression that God used to help me to help others go through depression, sometimes he does that. But a verse of scripture that I ran across. The only thing that would give me comfort during that time was reading the scriptures. And I ran across Job 23, 8 through 10. I kind of felt like Job during that time. But he said, if I go to the east, he is not there. If I go to the west, I do not find him. When he's at work in the north, I don't see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But then listen to this. He said, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Psalm 22, written a thousand years before Christ would come, gives us 
vivid images of the crucifixion. If you've never read Psalm 22 and thought about the crucifixion, do that. Maybe even tonight. Psalm 23 is, is one that I've read over countless people who were dying because I wanted them to feel the comfort of the Lord. The Lord is your shepherd. He's my shepherd. And I'll never lack for anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, even the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a feast before me while my enemies are looking on. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that incredible? Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. I've quoted to so many people who are going through difficult times. Especially in dealing with their past. It says this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Can't you see it? Now that's the MIV. That's the Mickey International version right there. I have to just say it my way sometimes. But it says, do you not perceive it? But I say, can't you see it? And then God says he can do the impossible. I make a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Where, is, where there's no water, he can make a stream. He can do it. Isaiah chapter 6. As God was preparing me to lead worship services. That, that chapter gives us a, a view of the throne room of God, where it should be the goal of every worship leader to take us there so that we can see God in all his glory. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Picture that. The train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphs, Angels. Above him were angels and they were flying and they, with, with, they had six wings and with two wings they covered their faces, humility. With two they covered their feet, service. And with two they were flying and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And he says at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah said, woe to me, I cried. Woe to me, I'm a man of unclean lips, I'm a sinner. And I live among a people of unclean lips. Everybody that I know is a sinner. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then an angel flew to me. With a live coal which he had taken from tong with tongs from the altar. And he touched it to my lips and said, see, your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. 
And then I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall we send? And who will go for us? And what did Isaiah say? Here am I. Send me. You see, in those beautiful verses, we have the whole process of worship. We see God in all his beauty. And then we see ourselves. Because anytime you look at God and you really see God for who he really is, then you see yourself and you see your sin. But then through the Holy Spirit, we're reminded that, the, that all God's wrath was poured out on Christ on the cross. There's no wrath left for you and me, only grace and mercy and forgiveness. And then it's our job to go and tell others about that. That's the Great Commission. We're to tell others about the grace and mercy of Jesus that has taken away our guilt and atoned for our sin. Isaiah 60 and 1. I'll never forget this verse because someone sent it to me when I was on a card when I was in high school. And God was trying to get my attention, and I kept running from him. I kept him at arm's distance because I wanted to play. But this little card just said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And I thought, Me? Me? Then when I was in college... And I went and bought a King James Bible, Thompson Chain reference, because I made up my mind I was going to start reading it. I started with the Old Testament. I didn't understand it, so I moved to the New. Maybe I could understand something that was new. I knew so little about the Bible. And I got to Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount in verse 33. It was talking about God supplying all of our needs. And it said, seek God, Mickey. Seek God. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. And I thought, wow, that's God's promise. It's God's promise to me. John 6, 47, I've shared it with so many people through the years after I've led them to Christ. And then I'll have them sign in my Bible. In all my Bibles, different Bibles, I've got names and dates of people who've just asked Jesus to come into their heart. Because, and I ask you to do the same. Find John 6, 47 and read this promise where Jesus said, I tell you the truth. The one who believes will have eternal life. That's his promise, not mine. What a great promise to give to people, right? What a great promise. Oh, and there are the stories in the book of Acts. Not prescriptive, but descriptive of what the young church was going through and, 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 and how they, they fought through that and how, how they were persecuted, how Paul was converted. I pray all the time for people that I know who are struggling in sin that, that the scales were, will fall from their eyes just like they did for the Apostle Paul. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I urge you therefore brothers and sisters. By the mercies of God. Present your body. As a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual service of worship. And now this one. Verse 2. Really applies. 
to what we're seeing today in our world. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Everybody wants to know what God's will is for their lives, don't we? And that's how it's done. It tells us right there in just two little verses. That's how it is. To conform your mind and how you do that. Philippians 4.8. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Keep your mind out of the gutter. Don't be driven by the news media or social media or any of that negative stuff. Keep your mind focused on things that are true, noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about such things. That's how your mind is changed and kept safe. And then you'll begin to experience and exhibit Galatians 5.22. 23 in your life the spirit's fruit in your life will be love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law i could just go on and on the word of god during the deepest darkest times in your life you find hope like we find in Thessalonians 4. For the Lord will come down to the earth. He'll come down here. With a loud command, or as the older version said, with a shout. He'll come down with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and are left will be caught up. Or the word literally means snatched up. With them to meet the Lord in the air. We'll be snatched up to meet the Lord in the air. And there will we, we will be with him forever. And then the final phrase. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I could share more. But my assistant told me this week. I said, you think I could share 10 minutes worth of scripture? She says, no, that's too much. It's too much. I could just go on and on with God's word. It's a feast set before us filled with principles that encourage us in difficulty and sorrow. It gives us hope when we're down. It's a treasure chest packed with fortunes yet to be mined. And in it we find the path to forgiveness and hope for eternity. So here's my question for you and me. How is it that we're so comfortable neglecting it? Even ignoring it. How is it that we're so comfortable doing that? When when this book is here to give us hope. 
in the midst of a dark world. Well, I want you to look with me at Psalm 119. Or Psalm, no, we better not do Psalm 119. Let's do Psalm 19. If you don't know, Psalm 119 is the longest one in the Bible. And uh, we better stick with Psalm 19. But let's look at it again. And I want, to, I want to show you a pattern that's found here. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And he talks about the beauty of all creation and how it's revealed to us. And Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1. That the invisible qualities of God are seen in creation. The invisible qualities of God are seen in creation. Even to the point that his power and divine nature can be understood. Just by looking at creation. That's why I wanted to show you all those images a moment ago. We can understand God, Romans says, by just looking around. And being aware we can see that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. How many of you know that verse? That was probably the first verse I ever memorized because it was the only verse my mother had memorized even before she knew Christ as her Savior because she had a school teacher. At the beginning of every class, she would quote that verse. And she said it so many times that my mother had it memorized. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge. And that word acknowledge is yada. And you know what yada means? You've heard it before. Yada, 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 yada. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It means to know. To actively know God's presence in your life. Acknowledge. To actively know God's presence in your life. And then he will direct your paths. In other words, if we actively know God's presence in our life, he takes the curves out of the road because of the curves are where we have the wrecks. Right? So we can understand that. But because God wants us to draw near to him and him to us, doesn't he promise that? Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. He gives us his word so that we can know his heart. Look at what David says. The law of the Lord is perfect. It refreshes our soul. The precepts of the Lord or the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Even those of us who are simple can be made wise. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. I know I'm, I'm going fast through all this. They're more precious than gold and much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey from the home, honeycomb. So you see, Romans 1 also tells us that because of all this, because of God's divine revelation, we are without excuse. You see, we have... All of creation that we see God everywhere, even understand his eternal power and Godhead. And then we have his word to guide us. We are without excuse. He goes on. God's revealed in his care in, in verse 11. He says, by them your servant is warned. We are warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But in order to keep them, you've got to know them, right? We can't ignore the word of God and expect to know them. 
We've got to spend time there. But who can discern their own errors? We need a guide, and that's what the Bible is. Forgive my hidden thoughts. Faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And then David ends the song there in the shepherd's field with a moment of praise. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So you... You're sitting here tonight and, and maybe you're thinking, I got to get, get back in the word of God. I got to spend more time in the word of God. I need to memorize more. I, I need to pour it into my heart so it'll come rising to the surface during these difficult days. And then you go into a Bible bookstore or something and you see a million different translations. And you're saying, which one do I read? What do I do? Well, we have lots of different translation models and I'm going to go through these quickly with you. First of all, there's formal equivalent. It's, it's a translation. Uh, they translate individual words. More than phrases. More than phrases. The King James was a literary translation. But then we have the New American Standard Bible. And they've just come out with a new version of that. The 2020. And these translation committees strive for elegance, accuracy, and readability. When the King James Version of the Bible was translated, they only had seven copies of the Greek. To read from. Now we have over 5,600. And so the newer versions are more accurate. There, there's that one. The formal equivalent. And then the dynamic equivalent is the next one. Next slide there. Uh, it's a thought for thought. A phrase to phrase. To try to help us understand. The new, new international version is one I use. The 2011. There's a Holman Christian Standard Bible. Here's something I want you to know. And Jane will have to go back for this slide. There is no such thing as a literal translation of the scripture. A word for word translation of the scripture. There's not one out there. And I'll tell you why. Let me show you what John 3.16 would be. If we had a word for word literal translation of it. In this way for he loved the God the world. So that the son the only he gave. In order that each the believing into him. Not the he perish, but he has life eternal. That's what it would look like if it were word for word and literal. How would you like to try to memorize that? Okay? And so we have the translation committees who are doing the hard work for us. To translate the scripture so that we can understand it in the English language. We go from there. There's optimal equivalent. Of the New English translation is found at Bible.org. It has wonderful notes. I would encourage you to that. In the Christian Standard Version or the Christian Standard Bible. It, it seeks to maintain word for word and phrase to phrase translation of scripture. There's also paraphrase with things like the message. Uh, uh, the new, uh, excuse me, not the message, the New Living Translation and the Phillips Translation. And then there's extended paraphrases like with the message. Which one should you get? Here's the one you should get. It's the one you're going to pick up and read every day. That's the one you should get. You have, the, you have to find the one that's the most readable and understandable for you. But the one you're going to pick it up and read every day. But Satan will try to dissuade you from that. Because he knows it's going to change your life. 
But I want to remind you of the old saying, you don't feel your way into a new way of acting. You have to act your way into a new way of feeling. In other words, it's the discipline of the rhythms. It's sitting down and saying, God, speak to me even when I've got so many things on my mind right now or I've got so many things to do right now. I don't have time to read the word. You don't have time not to read the word. To spend time in it. I'm going to end with Peter here tonight who shares with, with us. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And look what Peter says. And you will do well to pay attention to it. This is the same guy that walked with Jesus and had such a difficult time. Who denied the Lord three times. This is the same guy writing this. He says, completely reliable and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and a morning star rises in your hearts. The word of God. God's gift to you. I encourage you, when you come to church, don't rely on the screen. Bring your Bible. Write in it. Underline. Make notes. It's God's gift to us. Would you bow for just a moment? Just take a deep breath. Let the Lord speak into your heart as we prepare to take communion tonight. I pray the Lord is drawing you near right now just as he is me to draw us into his presence to remember what he has done for us through the shed blood of his son on the cross. Just take a moment Maybe to read a scripture, to contemplate those things that you know from studying the Bible, what Christ has done. And through communion, in just a few moments, we will thank him and remember. We're going to take communion um, uh, here in just a minute. Um, but if you would, as we sing this final song, would you guys uh, actually just logistically speaking, um, exit out to the left of your rows um, and then come grab communion uh, and then come back in to the right of your rows just to make it as orderly as possible. And then we'll uh, take the elements here in just a minute. So come forward whenever you'd like.
stands firm through the fire in the flood when the weight of all the world crashes down on us you will hold us up by the power of your love your word stands those elements there, if you are standing in it or sitting, uh, regardless of what your posture of worship is there, um, we hold these elements in our hands and we know that the word of God is true. Um, we believe that. The Apostle John tells us that in the beginning, the Word was with God and the Word was God. This is not just a book that we read. This is the essence of God himself. And when we open it up, we are inviting ourselves to experience his presence. He tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory is from the Son, from the Father. And so he lived a perfect life of obedience. He died a death that we deserve to die for our sins. He rose again so that we may live with him. And on the night he was betrayed, our Lord and our Savior, our God in flesh, sat with his disciples 
and he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take this and eat in remembrance of me. And after he had broken the bread, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of my new covenant, which has been poured out for you. Take this and drink. And so we remember. We remember, but we also stand strong because the word of God is with us. It is with us and he is with us. His spirit is. And so just like Jesus in the wilderness, just like when he was going one-to-one with Satan, you know, um, when Satan was tempting him, he went to scripture. The, the, the son of God himself went to the word of God to, to fight that battle with him. So in the same way, he has given us his word. And so wherever you are tonight, let's sing together that we can fight our battles by going to his word and not just the word of somebody who we feel like is smarter than us, who we feel like is wiser than us, the word of God himself. This is how we fight our battles. And so let's continue to sing as we finish out the night here and let's proclaim this together. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I, this is how I, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I, this is how I. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. This is how I. Keep singing. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I. This is how I. message and the message is heard through the word about Christ sanctify them by thy truth your word is truth this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles this is how I this is how I Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Amen. And so when it looks like we're surrounded, even when it's hopeless, 
we have him with us. Let's go to him tonight. It may look like, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes, Jesus. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I, this is how I, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I, we sing, we will stand on your promises. We will stand on your promises. your word stands firm. And so as we go from this place, God, we ask that um, this week in the hard things, in the good things, whatever this week has for us, Lord, every morning, may we wake up knowing, Lord God, that just like you said, when Satan tempted you, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Our Bible is not just a collection of stories written by people. It is the word that comes from the mouth of God. The word was with God in the beginning. The word became flesh and the word is with us. We thank you for giving us your son and your spirit. Please go with us this week. We pray this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Hey guys, if you need prayer, um, our prayer team will be up front and would love um, to pray with you guys. Uh, and, and seriously, any way that we can be the family of Christ to you tonight, we would love to do that. Um, also, if you're new here and you're like, I want to get connected, we would love to get you connected too. The info booth is in the middle of the foyer out there. Anyway, God bless you guys. And let's say this together. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And the people said, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. See you guys.